Heavenly Father, we thank you for this week that uh, you've worked in our hearts. Thank you for gathering together such a unique group of people to put together a Rise Baptist Church. Lord, we know this is not of us, it's only of you. And you've put this church together, not for our glory, but for yours. And Lord, I pray that this church would shine the light of the gospel into Houston and into the neighborhoods around us and all around the world as we serve, as we share the gospel, as we give, as we send missionaries and church planters, as we encourage, and as we continue to walk with you. Lord, I was challenged even in my heart about the importance of while we think about all these big things going on around the world, it begins with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that each of us needs to have. And Lord, renew our love for you and our devotion to you. Because without that personal relationship, uh, it's nothing. And Lord, we need your Holy Spirit to work in our hearts. We know the Holy Spirit encourages us and comforts us and guides us and directs us and, and even works in ways to convict us and move us even emotionally, but then pray that we would move past that into Amen. action. Amen. We'd go from here changed by your word to be faithful and to serve you in whatever way that we can. Amen. Lord, thank you again for this wonderful week and the blessing it's been in my life and to our church. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, I'm honored to present to you tonight about a mission trip that our church is going to be supporting this summer. It's called Play Ball, and it is going to be, it's a baseball ministry that has been done in the Dominican Republic. So it's a ministry of Baptism and Missions, um, and uh, we've been doing it since 2007. In fact, I had the opportunity to go on the first trip that they ever did in 2007. I just graduated from high school and I was 18. And uh, my dad, as a graduation present, decided to take me on a mission trip. To be perfectly honest, I was more excited about the baseball and about traveling than I was about serving the Lord. But the Lord's worked on my heart since then. And uh, I've had the opportunity this summer, will be my seventh trip down to the Dominican, um, to teach and to try to reach the boys of baseball with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I could give you all kinds of stats, and I could give you all kinds of interesting facts, but I really just, I want to tell you a story about a young man named Arhanus. I met Arhanus in the summer of 2007. Um, he was an 11-year-old boy with hopes and dreams of coming to America to play shortstop for the New York Yankees. Derek Jeter kind of had that spot locked down at the time, and so that did not, <laughs> that did not happen. But Arhanus met the Lord Jesus Christ, and I know it's, our, our church here at Arise Baptist Church, everything hangs on disciple-making. And we want to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then we want to help them grow and turn into servants of the Lord. And we wanted to do a ministry that supported that, and I believe that Playball does that. Our Hanus got saved, and his coach got saved that week as well, and so they started doing a Bible study with young men on the team. And our Hanus started going to church. We run the ministries through the local church, and our Hanus started growing. And as a result, his mom ended up coming to Christ. And then they ended up going to church together. Amen. And Arhanus, uh, I've had the opportunity to see him and to work with him. He translated for us for several summers. And in fact, now he organizes our translators when we go down there. Because I can't coach in Spanish, so I need some help. And so we go down there, and so he organizes our translators to help us. And he got a degree in engineering. And then he got, actually got married this last summer. And, um, and so the Lord's really been doing some neat stuff. When we were down there this last summer, he shared with my dad that he feels like the Lord is calling him into full-time ministry. And so he is actually doing a master's degree in biblical studies right now through Piedmont International University. And so it's a, it's a master's degree that's specifically designed for young men in Latin American countries who want to get their degree and who want to go serve the Lord. And so I really feel like, I mean, that's just one example. But I really feel like if that was the only example that I had, a trip like this is worth it. And so a young man who came, was passionate about baseball, met the Lord Jesus Christ, and as a result, God completely transformed his life, Amen. and now he's looking to go into full-time Christian service. So that's what this trip is all about, and that's what we're trying to do. So with that being said, I'm very, very excited to go, and there are several ways that we as a church can really get behind this. And uh, so I wrote, down, I wrote down three examples. The first thing that we really need is prayer. And so it amazes me every time that we go. So this last summer, in the group that I was in, every guy had, that had been there had been there before. 
And so it would have been really easy for us to go down. I mean, we kind of have it down to a science, the curriculum and all that kind of stuff. We know what we're doing when we go. We're thankful for that, right? We've grown since the first year that we went and we didn't know what we were doing. And so, um, but we get down there, it would be really easy for us to get complacent. Well, the first, the first night that we get down there, one of the guys on our team gets a phone call and his wife had slipped in the tub and broken her ankle. And so he flew home that night and immediately we were shorthanded. And then in the town where we get a lot of boys from, there was actually a murder in the town that was there. And so none of the parents let their boys come for like three days. So we had to get on our faces before God and say, we need help. We need help. And so before we go, I mean, it would be easy for us to say, okay, we've got the curriculum, we've got these things, and we're just going to go do it. But we need help. And we need the Lord. And so the best way and the easiest way, and on that support card, there's a box for you to check that says, hey, we're going to pray for play ball this summer. And so that would be the thing that you could do to help us the most. I mean, we just need you guys to pray like crazy that the Lord would do a great work and that the Lord would see and that young men would get saved. The second thing <clears throat> would be participation. My goal is, I went by myself last year, and it was fun, but I would love to take some guys with me. It's more fun when you go with people, you know what I'm saying? So uh, my goal is I would love to take several guys. And let me explain why. Um, the first year that we went, we were in two churches. We were, in ha- we were there for half a week each. And so we did two days at one site, and we did three days at the other site. That grew, and then we had enough guys to go that we had a full team at each site for an entire week. And then the Lord continued to bless, and we were able to go to a third town. And so we were able to run play ball in three different cities around the island. We have another church right now that has the facilities. They have the, they have the nationals available and ready to help us. If we can get 40 guys to go this summer, we have another site that's already keyed up and ready to go to run play ball. Last year we had 30 guys, and so we're asking for the Lord to provide 10 more men to come this summer in order to reach boys with, with the gospel through baseball. And so if this is something that you feel like, hey, the Lord, you know, the Lord might be uh, working on me or might be interested in learning more about that, um, my dad is actually coming down. Excited to have him. He's coming down next month. On February the 15th, we're going to have a breakfast here at the church. And so it's free. So come eat some breakfast tacos, and then you can hear more about it. And so he's going to share a little bit about the ministry at that point. And, I mean, breakfast tacos are just a win. So, um, right? Amen. Yeah. So, um, so with that, um, I will give you the dates right now in case you want to write them down. But the dates are going to be June 26th through, the, through July the 6th. And so um, it's a 10-day trip, and so, um, but you can go ahead and make that or jot that down, and then February 15th, we're going to have uh, more information about that as well. The third thing would just be if you would be willing to support financially, there's two things that your financial support would go to. It costs about $1,500 per individual to go. So that covers your flights, that covers your ministry expenses. Um, and so all the money that's given will either be given, A, toward helping men go, and so that would be the primary goal is if, we had somebody that was interested in going, but saying maybe I can't swing that whole amount. We would take the money that was given and saying, hey, we want you to be able to go and to help and assist in that way. The second thing would be, last year we took some inventory before we left, and we had some helmets that didn't have padding on the inside. And, those, and so if you've ever worn a baseball helmet without padding, it's not comfy. And so, um, and so those cost about $20 a piece. Um, we had some bats that needed to be regripped. We needed to buy some more bases. And so everything that you give will either go to helping men go or it'll go toward um, just some of the supplies that we need in order to be effective in the ministry that we're trying to run. Um, I was also going to tell you as well, and I don't know if this is too soon or not, but um, sign stealing is not one of the things that we teach when we're down there. So I just wanted to throw that out there as well. So we, we try to stay away from that. That's self-taught. We don't need to teach that. All right. And so um, the picture that's up on the screen right now, that's my dad that's preaching. And that's our heinous. Um, that's our heinous with him. So I just wanted to bring it back. So he actually had the opportunity to translate for my dad in the church this last year and was instrumental in helping proclaim and preach the gospel. And so that's what this is all about. And so when you think about what you can do with your participation, when you think about what you can do with your giving, with your prayer, this is what it's all about. Going, reaching young men through athletics, through baseball, in order to make effective disciples for Jesus Christ. So I hope you'll consider it. I hope you'll get behind it. And we're just very excited what the Lord is going to do through this ministry this summer. Thanks. All right, so for those of you who can't go to Dominican Republic, we're going to go to Garden Oaks. This All right. And <laughs> so most of you know, uh, some of you know that we had an opportunity to go into some of the, uh, uh, or one of the apartments uh, in December as we had the uh, kids outreach for Christmas, and we were able to share the gospel to more than 30 
kids and some of them got saved through that and we want to continue doing that and, and since it worked out really well for us we want to continue doing that each month and on as uh, as they pass out the flyers and grant's going to help me pass out the flyers here it has the dates in there march 14 and april 11 so we're going to go out to our uh there's some apartments in the neighborhood in garden oaks area and then we're going to go out uh, and do something similar to what we did in December. We're going to go. Uh, so I'm going to need help with handing out invitations and uh, running the games or registrations when the kids come in and counseling or running uh, or helping the kids uh, learn some songs. And also even when there's going to be adults and parents there so that we can talk to the parents and share the gospel to them as well. And um, and the other opportunity that you'll see in the, uh, the paper is about New Life Baptist Church, as we, we were able to walk in through their building this afternoon, and um, I think they're going to get their keys in April. So uh, as, as, they, as we move forward, we're, we want to help them with their uh, building, with the demo and cleanup, and whatever they need, we want to have a uh, time that we can go as a church and help them out and also canvassing so we can help them out and pass out flyers and let the uh, neighborhood know about New Life Baptist Church as well and 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 also in our church we we're gonna we're gonna try our best to keep going door to door and 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 share the gospel and if you haven't had a chance to go with Brad I would highly recommend that you make time to go with him and uh, ladies if you want to go as well Please let me know so that I can team you up with another, uh, other ladies and so that you can go out as well door to door. And we have maps and everything is ready for us. So I'm, I'm very excited and looking forward to what the Lord has in store for us. And uh, it has been a, a real treat for me to be here this week and to hear other people preach. I guess it's hard to hear my own preaching. Sometimes I get vaccinated and just listening to me <laughs> preach, okay? But uh, it has been good to hear other people preach and and get to uh, participate in the uh, uh, groundbreaking and so forth for uh, the uh, New, New Life Baptist Church, right? Right, Brother Chris? And New Life Baptist Church, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. I've, I've got uh, Brother David's uh, phone information, and I'm, I'm going to keep up with it and, and pray for you, your folks, and, and try to help you out in some ways and so forth. Amen. But it... Uh, uh, just, just uh, the greatest thing in the world is just to get the gospel out to as many people as we possibly can. And that's what you folks are doing. So uh, uh, thank you, Pastor, for the invitation to come. I think it was a couple of years ago, something like that. But uh, it's, a, it's a real blessing to be here uh, with you. And, of course, it's always a blessing to be with uh, Brother White. Amen. Uh, we, we met as soon as I got to Japan. He was there about three weeks before I got there. Uh, so if you can tell, he's older than I am, okay? <laughs> no, actually, he and Dave Markham had just gotten out of Tennessee Temple. They'd been out about a year. And uh, I had been pastoring for 10 years before I went. And uh, they got so far ahead of me in studying Japanese, but uh, I, I, I appreciated him all of, all of these years. Amen. I want you to turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Uh, 1968, when I was home on furlough from Japan, uh, I, was, uh, I preached Sunday morning and Sunday night at the Marquette Manor Baptist Church. And at that time, it was uh, downtown Chicago. Now uh, it's on the south side of Chicago. Now it's in Downers Grove. But uh, I preached there Sunday morning, Sunday night. And then on Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night, uh, Dr. Van Gildren had a local pastor to come and teach his church about faith promise giving. And uh, I had never heard the term. I'd been a missionary and I'd pastored before that, but I had never heard the term uh, faith promise giving. Most of the churches that I'd been in, uh, I guess all of them that I'd been in, uh, either as pastor or members and so forth, just took a certain amount of the budget and gave that to missions. And most of the time, uh, it was about 10%. But he had uh, Dr. Billy McCarroll to come and teach about faith promise giving. Now, he was teaching the Marquette Manor Baptist Church, but I got a hold of it myself too, amen. 
And uh, I listened to him on Monday night, and, and he did such a great job. And I had lunch with he and Dr. Van Gilderen on Monday or on Tuesday at lunch. And then the same thing, he, he expounded 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9. So think about this. In, in the Bible, in, in the Word of God, uh, the Holy Spirit of God uh, led the Apostle Paul to devote two entire chapters to one subject. And the subject was an offering. Okay? Now, I had read 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, but I never put all this together, okay? But I remember Dr. Ben McCarroll saying three things that I really liked. Number one, he said, faith promise giving is very simple. And when I heard that, I thought, that, that's good. I like that. I like simple things, amen? I think as Abraham Lincoln said, that God must have loved simple people. He made so many of us, okay? And, and I like simple things, okay? Uh, I know a lot of preachers that have a very difficult time preaching simple sermons. And I've never had that problem, okay? I just preach everything I know, and it's simple, okay? But then he said, it's successful. And he gave illustration after illustration after illustration, maybe eight or ten, of churches that had been given to missions just uh, uh, nominally, and then they uh, instituted faith promise giving, and their mission giving uh, increased exponentially. And I thought, I, I like successful, okay? If you're going to do something, might as well do it right, amen? And uh, we like to be successful, okay? And I thought, that's good. And then he said, and it's scriptural. And I thought, okay, even though it is simple and successful, if it's not scriptural, then maybe in the church we don't have much time for it, okay? But if it's, if it's simple and successful and scriptural, uh, then we better use it, amen? amen? And by the way, God has a plan for everything that he does. Uh, he has a plan for the family, he has a plan for government, uh, he, he has a plan for everything. He has a plan for the church. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is, God has a plan. And uh, since it takes money to uh, uh, make missions go, uh, then he has a plan for financing world evangelization. And I really believe from the depth of my heart, I learned this from Dr. Billy McCurl, that uh, his plan is grace giving or faith promise giving. Now, he said it was simple than this, okay? You have a mission conference or you, you have a mission emphasis, whatever, and uh, then you give all of the people an opportunity to give something above and beyond their regular tithe and offering. Now, that's pretty simple, okay? Uh, we've had mission conference this week, and uh, you'll have an opportunity to make a commitment to give something uh, every week, every month, regardless of how you give it, uh, above and beyond your regular tithe and offering. Now, the, the main thing you have to really rem remember is you don't, you don't take part of your tithe and give that to missions, okay? Yeah. Uh, that, that's not faith promise at all. No. The tithe is above and beyond the regular giving to your local church. Now, there's a way to finance your local church. It's very simple. Bring you all the tithes in the storehouse, amen? Yep. And if ever Christian did that, then you never have a financial problem in the church. Uh, but uh, and I, I listened to Dr. Philip McCurl expound 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. But let me just give you a real simple uh, thing about it, okay? Number one, uh, he is writing about an offering. And uh, the offering is not for the church at Corinth. He's writing to the church at Corinth. And... Uh, it, but the offering is not for the church at Corinth. Uh, this offering is to be given for causes outside of the church at Corinth. This particular offering were for the poor Christians back in Jerusalem. Okay? But the main thing is, it's something outside of the local church. In other words, it's not something that has to do with... Uh, uh, with uh, uh, what, what is your church name? <laughs> Rise Baptist Church, Okay. I forget where I'm at sometimes, okay? But uh, in other words, you know, you have your light bill, you have your mortgage payment, what, whatever, all those things and so forth. But uh, faith promise, that, that, that's not for that. The tithes and offerings to your church, that's for that, okay? But this is, is particularly for missions. For instance, uh, to help start new churches in the Houston area or all over America uh, for foreign missions and so forth. And much of the faith promise commitment really should be designated 
uh, for foreign missions, I believe. It might be for a camp, things like that. Okay, but that's something beyond your church. So it was to be given through the church, but it was not for the church. It was to go to causes outside of their own local church. Now, in all of chapter 8, in all of chapter 9, Paul is talking about this offering. And what we're going to look at tonight is just three verses in chapter 9. But keep in mind, okay, he's talking about a mission offering, okay? And um, in, in, verse, in verse 6, Paul makes this statement. But this I say, he who soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth the cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, that's a lot of alls, amen, may abound to every good work. Uh, now, now, what I want to think about tonight is just the, the ABCs of faith promise giving. Many of you probably are, are new to this, okay? So just the ABCs. In other words, if you've never heard about it again, uh, here, here is the simplicity of it, okay? Now, uh, look, look at verse 6. Paul is talking about sowing and reaping. And... Uh, well, what, what has happened? Now, all of chapter 8, all of chapter 9 up to this point, he's talking about an offering. Then all of a sudden, he starts talking about sowing and reaping. Now, what's happened? Uh, has Paul gotten off of his subject? Uh, every preacher here, probably, somewhere along the line, they've got off on some rabbit trail, okay? And sometimes we as preachers run off on a rabbit trail and forget where we're at. I never will forget preaching in West Virginia one time, and I, I got involved in the illustration. It must have been a good one. Because when I got through with the illustration, I forgot what I was illustrating, okay? And, and there were three missionaries sitting on the front seat. I had to ask one of them, where was I in my sermon, you know? But uh, so uh, uh, you, you all better be careful, the ones that's closer, okay? Uh, no, no, no he, he's not gotten off his subject. In verse 6, he's saying, sowing and reaping is like, Giving and receiving. An analogy, okay? Or giving and receiving is like sowing and reaping. Uh, now, for just a minute, let me, let me give you four simple agricultural principles, okay? Now, don't worry. I'm not going to boggle your mind with my great knowledge of agriculture. I have very little knowledge. But uh, even the children here tonight, they can understand these four principles. They'll know them, okay? Number one, we reap what we sow. Number two, you reap more than you sow. Number three, you reap in proportion as you sow. Number four, you reap after you sow. Now, the good thing is, all of those principles apply to giving and receiving to mission. Now keep in mind, that's what he's talking about, a mission offering, okay? So all of those principles apply to giving and receiving. Look at principle number one. Uh, we reap what we sow. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap, okay? Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Now, if we'll be real honest with ourselves tonight, most of us would have to admit we spend most of our time, uh, most of our God-given abilities, our talents, and most of our treasures for earthly, temporal things. Guess what we're going to reap? Earthly, temporal things. Yeah. And see, that's the reason Jesus said to his disciples, Lay not up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust go up and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven Amen. where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. By the way, he's really saying 
Get your priorities right. Okay? Don't get too heavily involved in earthly, temporal things. But get heavily involved in spiritual, eternal things. Why? Uh, we're, we're not going to live very long on this earth. Uh, I, I interviewed my mother-in-law when she was 100 years old. It's a real interesting interview. And everybody in the little town we lived in, everybody knew Nanny, and everybody was there at the church and so forth. And I was just asking some questions and talking about different things and so forth. And uh, then she said to me, she said, Don, I just don't feel like I'm 100. And I said, well, Nanny, you don't have a lot of people to ask how you feel when you're 100, do you? And of course she didn't. But what, she, what was she saying? I, I, you know, I'm 100 years old, but I don't feel like I've lived here a real long time. Now, I'm 86 years old. I know that surprised some of you, okay? You thought I was 106, okay? <laughs> but uh, uh, it, it, it's pretty short compared to eternity. I mean, you know, this life is 70, 80, 90, 100 years but that is nothing in comparison to eternity. And uh, we're going to reap what we sow. And if we just give all of our emphasis to earthly, materialistic things, one day all of those things are going to be gone. I mean, anything that is mine, my house, my car, my house, my uh, banking account, whatever is mine, anything bad can happen to it. Okay? And then one day... I'll leave all of it. Every time somebody dies with any wealth at all, somebody will invariably ask, I wonder how much they left. And the answer is always the same. They left it all, amen? Somebody said, where there's a will, there's a lot of relatives, okay? <laughs> all right. I mean, you, you, you know, one day you're going to leave everything you have. Uh, we're... It's a point that a man wants to die. And when we die, we won't take any of our materialistic things with us. Or Jesus may come. That'll be better, amen. amen. And, and when he does, though, we'll not take any of our materialistic things with us. That's right. So in reality, you can't take it with you. But you can send it on ahead. Amen. And that's what happens when you're giving. And we're talking about giving to me. So you reap what you sow. Number two, you reap more than you sow. You reap more than you sow. Uh, now, I'm, I'm from Kentucky, so, so let me use something that we use a lot of, and that's corn, okay? You say, well, most Kentuckians are pretty corny. Thank you, okay? Uh, but let, let's take a grain of corn, okay? Now, you can take a grain of corn and put it up here on this piece of metal, or you can put it on a, a shelf somewhere, and all it will ever be is one grain of corn. Doesn't matter how long it stays there, it'll be one grain of corn. But... If you plant that one grain of corn in uh, soil, the first thing that happens to that grain of corn is it dies. But in the process of dying, it produces a little stalk of corn, pushes its way out of the ground. Eventually, it will have at least two ears of corn, and each of those ears of corn will have about 750 grains of corn. Now, now that's Kentucky ground. It might not be that quite that good in Texas, I'm not sure, okay? But you think about it. One grain of corn planted has been responsible for producing 1,500 grains of corn. Yeah. Now, you really want to get boggled, mind boggled? You plant that 1,500 grains of corn. <laughs> I, I believe in the depth of my heart. If we only knew how much God was doing with what we're giving, Amen. that all of us would want to give more. Amen. So you reap more than you sow. You reap more, but you're not deceived. God is not my, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. You remember the verse of the night? Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, press down, shaken together, and running over shall men give unto your bosom. So you reap more than you sow. I, I think of the church that you saw in the thing today, Sydney Newtown Baptist Church. Uh, you, you, you think you reap more than you sow. When we went to Japan. We had uh, our home church supported us $250 a month. 
We had nine other churches, and we had a total of about $500 a month. Now, now they didn't know when we went to Japan what God would do, but think about it. Uh, we went to Japan, and in that first service, not only Brother Ogawa, but 10 other people were saved. Amen. Uh, and I mean, just every, every week for several months, people were getting saved. The first anniversary, we had 139 people there. And uh, five young men had already been called to preach. I mean, you know, it was just a miracle of God. Somebody says, well, how did you do it? I didn't do it. Amen. I just happened to be at the right time, at the right place, yep. and doing what God wanted me to do. Amen. But think about it. Now, uh, and by the way, most of those men are pastoring or missionaries or something today. Amen. And so forth. And, you know, you, so you, it, many times we, we get a prayer letter and somebody gets saved and we think like this. That's the result of my mission giving. But that's not the result of your mission giving. No. That's the beginning that's right. of the result that's of your mission right. giving. Because some of them, like Brother Ogawa, <laughs> will become a soul winner. And then they'll become a pastor. And, and then out of his church, he'll send missionaries literally around the world. Amen. you know. And they start other churches. And it just keeps going and going and Amen. growing and growing. And by the way, it won't stop until Jesus comes. So we reap more than we sow. Number three, uh, you reap in proportion as you sow. In other words, the more you sow, the more you're going to reap. Uh, if I have a little garden in my backyard and I plant two or three ears of corn, and down the road a bit, uh, there's a farmer and he plants uh, several acres of corn, guess which one's going to reap the most? Yeah. Pretty confident. Isn't it? You reap in proportion as you sow. The more you sow, the more you reap. Uh, sometimes I say we, but uh, other people sing. I hum along with them, okay? It's, it, you heard the song, I wish I had given him more. Yeah. And, and in, in reality, we all will, okay? But it'd be too late then. Yeah. But see, now you have an opportunity to give him more. Amen. Okay? And you're going to reap in proportion as you sow. Uh, I, I, I had a real good illustration of this. I was pastoring in Providence, Kentucky. And there was a little town called Diamond, just about 10 miles down the road. And they didn't have a pastor. So they were having services on Sunday afternoon. They'd have different preachers come in and preach for them. And uh, they asked me to come over and preach. And I went over and preached one Sunday afternoon. I sat on the front seat. And uh, the moderator of the meeting, he got up and said, now we're going to take an offering and uh, we're going to give all the offering to Brother Sis today, help him with his gas or whatever. Thank God I didn't go very far, okay? But uh, uh, I, so I was sitting on the front seat and, and I made it a habit a long time ago. Every time the offering plate was passed, I put something in. Now when my wife was here, I had to borrow it from her a lot of times, okay? Or sometimes I have said by somebody else, and I, I don't have, maybe don't have any money with me and I have to borrow a little money. Sometimes I forget to pay it back, okay? But that, that's all right. It went to the Lord's work, okay? But I, I made it a habit. Every time the offering plate's passed, I'm going to put something in. So I was sitting on the front seat, and the offering plate was passed, and I put in a dollar bill. And I preached that day, and we had the invitation. And, and then uh, uh, the moderator, he, he gave me an envelope, and he said, Brother Sis, here's your, here's your uh, offering. Here's your offering. And I put the offering in my pocket. And uh, on the way from Providence, or on the way from Diamond back to Providence, I said to Virginia, I gave her the envelope, and I said, honey, just see what her offering was. And she looked in the offering envelope, and uh, she kind of sniggered and said, uh, Don, there's a dollar bill in here. <laughs> I said, you're kidding. She said, no, there's a dollar bill in here. I said, uh, I put a dollar bill in, <laughs> okay? <laughs> and she started laughing. And, I mean, it was sort of hilarious to her. And, and I had to say, hon, I don't think that's so funny. I mean, you know, they said they're going to give me all the offering. I put a dollar bill in, and that's all that's in there. And she just kept laughing. And finally, I said, hon, what in the world is so funny? And she said, Don, I couldn't help but think. If you would have put more in... <laughs> Okay, uh, you get more back. So I start putting in fives and tens. At least you get a little bit more. 
But the bottom line is true, okay? You reap in proportion as you sow. The more you sow, the more you're, you're going to reap. Then the last principle is you reap after you sow. And by the way, this may be the hardest one to think about. You reap after you sow. Uh, what if someone would come in some, Sunday, uh, some Wednesday night prayer meeting and say, hey, hey, Pastor Cooper, uh, I'm a farmer. Uh, now, I'm, I'm not going to plant any seed this year, but I want you to pray that God will give me a good crop in the fall. <laughs> and if he does, then I'll start planting some seed. Yeah. Now, what would you think about somebody like that? Be like the one little boy said, you know, he's about one French fry short of a Happy Meal, okay? <laughs> or his elevator don't go all the way to the top or something like that, okay? In other words, uh, that, that's foolish. Yeah. Uh, anybody would know you have to sow before you reap. Yeah. And you know how many times you've heard people say, if I had a million dollars, I'd give half of it to missions. I've had that, I can tell you, I, I'm not going to take time to do it, but I can tell you about three particular incidents and that happened, okay? By the way, neither one of them was a millionaire. <laughs> In fact, either one of them had much of anything. Okay, if I had a million dollars, I'd give half of the missions. What were they saying? If I could reap first, I'd start sowing. Yeah. A good friend of mine, I was in a church in Columbia, South Carolina one time, and he had taken Virginia and I to eat, and uh, she went in the motel when we got back, and he and I was just sitting there talking about different things. And then he said to me, he said, you know, Brother says, if I ever win the Reader's Digest sweepstake, I'm going to give a lot of money to missions. And I got all excited, because I know a whole lot of people that's won that Reader's Digest sweepstake, don't you? <laughs> no, you don't know anybody. <laughs> Evidently, somebody does, okay? And he's a good man, and I'm sure he gave the mission. But that was a foolish thought, yeah. you know. In other words, you say, if I could reap something first, I'd sow something. But it don't work like that. Yeah. Bring you all the tithes in the storehouse and see if I'll not open the windows of heaven. When's you going to do that? After you bring the tithe in. Yeah. Given it shall be given to you. When's it going to be given to you? When you begin to give. Yeah. So, so that you reap what you sow, you reap in proportion as you sow, uh, or you reap after you sow, you reap in proportion as you sow, and you reap more than you sow. Amen. That's the simple principles of faith, promise, giving. Now look down at verse 9. That's the principles. Now look at the purposing of the giver. The purposing of the giver. Very carefully, okay. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Now look very carefully at the term, every man. It doesn't mean gender, okay? It means every man, every woman, every boy, every girl. By the way, teach your children to give. Amen. I was reading not, not too long ago on the Rennie Alcorn generosity page, web page, and he had the testimony of John D. Rockefeller. Uh, John D. Rockefeller was the world's first billionaire. Can you imagine being a billionaire? Uh, probably most of us couldn't imagine being a millionaire. In fact, probably some of us couldn't imagine being a thousandaire, okay? <laughs> okay, but you imagine, he, he was the world's first billionaire. And this was John D. Rockefeller's testimony. Uh, he delivered a little paper called The Grit. Now, I'm familiar with that. I used to, too, when I was a boy, okay? And, you know, if, if for every customer, you got 10 cents. I forget what, maybe this 50 cents was the grit, and you got 10 cents. So the, the very first week he delivered the grit, he brought, he brought in his, his money, and it was 10 dimes. He'd, he'd made 10 dimes. And uh, when he got home that day, his mother set him down at the table, and she put those 10 dimes in a row. And then she picked up one of the dimes and said, Now, John, this dime belongs to God. And she, she taught Rockefeller the, the, the value of, of tithing. This Amen. time belongs to God. Now, here is his testimony. If my mother had not taught me to tithe my first dollar, I'd have had a hard time tithing my first million. And I'll guarantee you, 
there was a Baptist preacher somewhere that was very glad his mother taught him to tithe. Amen? <laughs> I mean, he gave away literally hundreds of millions of dollars Amen. to the work of God. Every man, everybody ought to give something to missions. Every man. Let's see. Read it again. Every man, according as he can figure out from his budget. Uh, is that what your Bible says? If it is, you've got a real bad translation, okay? Uh, look at what it says. Every man, according as he, now get this, purposeth in his heart. The purposing of the giver. And by the way, uh, everything you've ever done of any value, it started by your purposing in your heart. For instance, you met that particular girl, and you purposed in your heart, I'm going to marry her. In all probabilities, she had already purposed in her heart that you were going to marry her, okay? <laughs> but that's okay. It doesn't make any difference. Perfect. You, you, you see a new automobile. Man, my automobile is a junk compared to this one. And you purpose in your heart, I need that new automobile. Yeah. Huh? And you think about it. How can I do it? Okay. Uh, or a new house, whatever, okay? But every, every worthwhile thing that you've ever done, it began by purposing in your heart. Now you think about the thing. On planet Earth tonight, there's living 7.8 billion people. Conservatively speaking, two-thirds of them have never one time heard the gospel message. From last night at uh, 7.30, and I guess that's about what time it is tonight. No, it's 8, okay? It's later than I thought it was, okay? But think about it. From last night at 8 o'clock until tonight at 8 o'clock, 160,000 people died. You say, so what? Every one of them either went to heaven or to hell. Now, we like to think about heaven and thank God for it. We hate to think about hell. But if hell is not a reality, neither is heaven. Now, I know there's a lot of evangelicals today that's denying the existence of hell and so on and so forth. But, but uh, in fact, uh, some years ago, a magazine ran a, a big article, and the title of the article was, Hell is Cooling Off. And, and what they meant by that uh, preachers used to go up and down the country and preach on hell, but you hardly ever hear a message on hell anymore, so hell is cooling off. And I read that and I thought, if the devil would stop the mouth of every preacher in the world and they would never mention hell again, it would not cool off one nth of one degree. That's right. That's the truth. There's a heaven, there's a hell. Yep. Believers go to heaven. Right. Unbelievers go to hell. And by the way, the only way they can believe is somebody has to tell them. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's a wonderful verse, is it not? But how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Somebody to communicate the gospel to them. Bottom line is they can't. And the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So, so let God get a hold of your heart Amen. before you make your faith promise commitment. Pray about it. Think about it. Let God get a hold of your heart. And uh, then don't, don't just determine what you can do, but determine what God can do through you. Amen. And by the way, God will give a whole lot more through you than he will to you. Yep. Uh, God doesn't need any banks, okay? He, he can take care of his money himself. But I'll tell you what he does need. He needs some vessels that he can just channel yes, his sir. money through. Amen. Every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, wouldn't it be wonderful if every member of a Rise Baptist Church would give something every week, wherever you, how often you give, to missions above your regular tithe and your offering? Amen. I like the rest of that verse. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly. Now we say, well, pastor expects me to give something, church, no, 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 no. Uh, not, not grudgingly. It's not, and I love to think this. 
I, I think sometimes we use the wrong word. Yeah. Have you ever said, it's Sunday, we have to go to church? <laughs> okay. Uh, they're passing the offering plate, we have to put in our tithe and offering. Uh, it's soul winning night, we have to go soul winning. God's called me to preach, I have to preach. You know, maybe we need to reset our computer. Yep. I don't know what you call it. You know what you call it, okay. Reprogram it or whatever. And rather than saying, it's Sunday, I have to go to church, we'd say, it's Sunday, I get to go to church. <laughs> hey, by the way, I cannot figure for the life of me why any believer would have to be begged to go to church. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a woman said to me one time, she said, Brother Seth, it's not like you're preaching pretty good, but said, you just seem like you have too much fun, tell too many jokes and so forth. And I said, you know, I'm in church about every night, and if I didn't have fun at church, I couldn't have fun anywhere, okay? <laughs> it's something I don't have to do. Yeah, I get to do. Amen. Um, God's called me to be a missionary. No, no, you don't have to. You get to go. Amen. I mean, whatever God allows us to do, it is a privilege to work for God, is it not? Not grudgingly, or of necessity, no, no. And then I love this term. For God loveth a cheerful giver. Amen. You say, well, don't God love everybody? Oh, yeah. But doesn't he have some kind of a special love? Evidently. God loves a cheerful giver. Well, what does it mean, cheerful? That just means something. Man, I can't wait. I, you know, and you're just laughing. Uh, hilarious. God loves a cheerful giver. Okay? Amen. So look at it again. Every man, the purposing of the giver. Everybody ought to give something. By the way, giving to missions is not a matter of can or can't. It's a matter of will or won't. That is true. Because everybody can do something. Amen. Now let, let me close with one other verse. You don't get too excited now. Sometimes you close like the Apostle Paul. He said, finally, brother, and wrote three more chapters, okay? <laughs> okay. No, it won't be much like, okay. But I love this, okay? In verse 6, you see the principles involved in faith promise giving. In verse 7, you see the purposing of the giver. The purposing of the giver. You think about, it, you think about it, the purposing of the giver. And then in, in verse 8, you see the provision for the giving. Amen. Provision for And every once in a while I meet people say, well, I'd like to give. I wish I could. You can. You can. Okay. Everybody can. So look at it. Verse 8. And God is able. By the way, if that's all we got out of this tonight is just that one statement. That'd be pretty good. Amen. Right? God is able. Now, a, a Paul could have gone ahead and said, God is able to do anything because he is. He's sovereign. Amen. But he's talking about providing for the giver. And he says, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Now let me sum that up, what I, how I think Paul is saying this. When you hear the messages about giving to missions above and beyond your regular tithe and your offering, and you pray about it, ask God what he would have you do, and then you write down the commitment, okay? And then week after week or month after month or whenever, how often you give, okay? You do that which you have committed to do. And I believe from the depth of my heart what he's saying. When you pray about it and make the commitment and then do what you've committed to do, then God will provide for you so you'll be able to do what you committed. Amen. Now, and by the way, don't ask me how God will provide. I don't know that. But it doesn't make any difference. He promised he would provide. Amen. Now, there's different ways. Uh, he could have given us, he could give us more money. And that happens many times. Uh, he could make the money that we get uh, go farther. Maybe not as many doctor bills, not as, many, not as much medical bills. Uh, 
maybe the, the batteries in the, the parts of the car will, will last a little longer and so forth. Maybe the tires won't run out as fast. I said that one time in a church, a man had a Firestone dealership. He said, Brother Sis, don't pray like that. I mean, you know, I'm not, I need the business, okay? And by the way, I've often wondered if undertakers, when things get slow, if they pray for new business. I, I'm just, it doesn't have anything to do with the message, but I've wondered that anyway. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know. Hey, by the way, God may give you less money. Now, we'll forget being in Greenville, South Carolina. Preaching in a church there, and man got up, and I'd been there the year before, and he got up and gave a testimony. He said, now, last year, I made a commitment to give X number of dollars to missions. He, he mentioned the amount. I don't remember the amount. But he worked in one of the, uh, car, the uh, textile mills in, in the Carolinas area. Yeah. And he said, three weeks after I made that commitment, my salary was cut by 35%. And the first thing I thought, Brother Will, was, we don't need any testimonies like that. <laughs> okay, but here's what he said. He said, I don't understand it, but I have not missed a single Sunday. Amen. And God has provided for me. Amen. Amen. I, I don't know how God provides. That's not my business. Hey, by the way, it's not your business. That's right. Just simply believe the promises God will provide. You remember the church at Philippi? And they, they gave to the Apostle Paul time after time after time. And uh, in fact, they gave to, to the point that it created a need in their own church. Yeah. And then Paul made that great promise to the Christians at Philippi, and he said, but my God will supply all your needs Amen. according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, I don't have any times people said to me, Brother Sisk, you're a missionary. God will take care of you. God bless you. And then they'd quote Philippians 4.19. And by the way, I need all the encouragement I can get. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not criticizing them. But I've, I've had to tell people many times, that promise was not made to a missionary. That's right. That promise was made by a missionary. <laughs> and that promise was to the church that supports the missionary. And yet I've heard pastors say, our church can't afford to give them a mission. You can't afford not to. Right. Why? God has promised to provide for your need. Amen. God's been good to us in North America, has he not? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, the people in the United States of America on welfare are rich by world standards. I mean, that's just a fact. You know, sad to say, many American Christians have received from God like this. But thank God, many Christians have learned to receive like this. Amen. Amen. And guess what? Yeah. That's all God needs. Yeah. It's just some channels. Now, many times when, when we uh, have needs, and by the way, that's always... Uh, I heard somebody, I've heard people talk about, well, if I won the lottery, if I won this or that and got all this money, I'd do this and that. And I got to thinking one day. Now, I don't win the lottery, I don't think. I don't think you'd win unless you buy one ticket, amen? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to buy, buy even one, okay? But, but if you come into a lot of money, if you come into a lot of money, that's what they're talking about. And I often thought, all I'd have to do, Brother Cover, and when I get home, I've been, I'll, I'll be gone four weeks when I get back Monday. And there'll be a stack of prayer letters about that big yeah. on my desk. Amen. And, I, and I usually take uh, four or five hours about at, at one, one day a week when I'm in the office there and just read prayer letters. And then I will email the prayer letters and, and a little encouragement or something. <laughs> 
But all I'd have to do is look at that, that list of prayer letters. And you could dispose of that money in a hurry. And so many times we think, man, what we need is somebody with a lot of money. A lot of money. And by the way, if somebody's got a lot of money, they want to join the Rise Baptist Church, you're not going to reject them just because they have a lot of money. Amen? But the bottom line is, all God needs is just some channels. And when God finds an individual, when God finds a group of people, like a Rise Baptist Church, that would just receive from God like this. There's literally no limit to how much God may give through us. So think about it. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. Let's pray together. Pastor, come and pray for us. Thank you, Father, for your word. And thank you for the bountiful gifts that you've given to us. Lord, in my mind, the picture of, of being a channel is, is so valuable to ponder and to think on of what that means for me. Because you've given me much. Lord, I want to give it back. Amen. That you would use it for your honor and glory that souls would be saved and we would see your work continue to go forward and we get the blessing of being a part of it. Yeah. Lord, I, I truly believe you will do your work with or without us. You, the Bible says you always have your faithful people. Yep. Lord, I pray that this church would be a faithful church and we would be a faithful people and I would be a faithful person to be the channel that you want me to be. For us as a church to be the channel that you want us to be. That we could have the wonderful blessing of experiencing what it's like to seeing you work through us. Amen. Lord, the Bible speaks about how in your, in your word it says that we are like tools in the master's hand Lord I, I want to be a tool that's used Amen. Lord I want to be a blessing but I know that I can't be a blessing on my own only if I'm used by you yeah. Lord our church I think is a wonderful church and it's full of wonderful people Lord we'll only be a blessing if we're used by you Otherwise, we're just going through the motions and we just have a really nice group of friends that enjoy spending time together. And while that's a wonderful thing, Lord, I think it's far greater to be used for eternity. Amen. Lord, help us. Lord, you've put me in a unique position as the pastor of this church. I don't feel worthy of that. But I'm thankful for that privilege and that responsibility. And Lord, I want to commit my life to you Amen. to be used however you see fit. I want to commit my family to you to be faithful and follow you. And Lord, as best I can as the pastor of this church, I want to commit this church to you. Lord, may we be faithful. I pray that you would use us. Whether it's as we go out to reach our neighbors and co-workers, connections right around us here in this neighborhood and the neighborhoods around us, or helping to serve through Brother Cripps as he starts the New Life Baptist Church, or Lord, down the road as we pray that you'll Start many more churches through the efforts of this church around this city and around this country. Lord, whether it's through missionaries that we send out or support through this church, that you would, your work would go forth and someday we could just 
continue to praise you for all that you've done. Think of these men that have encouraged us and challenged us this week. They can look back over 40, 50, 60 years of ministry and, and see some of the blessings along the way. And I know there are far more that they don't even know about that they'll have to wait to heaven to find out about. But Lord, I pray that we could see the same thing in us as well. And I believe it will happen as we're faithful. Lord, help us to do what you want us to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If God's worked in your heart tonight like he's worked in mine, I ask if you would like to come and join me down here and pray and dedicate yourself to the Lord or anything that God's asked you to give, that you'd give it to him. You can stand to your feet if you like. That'll help. Folks can slide out or are trying to come and pray. And if you'd like to say, God, I'll, I'll give you whatever you ask for me. I'll do that. Would you just come and commit that to him tonight? Maybe you've already made that commitment. I know I have before. But just reaffirm that to the Lord tonight to let Him know whatever it is, wherever it is, however it is, that you'll give it to Him. And uh, Brother White, would you play for us on the piano as folks are praying? God, help us to do what you want us to do tonight. Lord, work in the heart. Help them to give it all to you, not to hold back, afraid of the consequences, because Lord, we've been challenged and encouraged all week. Lord, that even as we sow, the what we receive is always greater, it's always more, and it's always in kind. Lord, if we, you took away everything we had, we would still have you, and that's enough. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you come? Would you respond? Follow and do what God wants you to do tonight.